Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 196. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Dayglow. The indie pop project of Texas-born songwriter Sloane Struble are releasing their brilliant third record later this week, entitled People in Motion. In today's episode, we're speaking with Dayglow about how LCD Sound System influenced his record, his songwriting process, and his thoughts on the humble Australian shoey. Here we go. Our guest today is a brilliant singer, songwriter and producer from Fort Worth in Texas. Having found fame with his previous records, Fuzzy Brain and Harmony House, and going viral with his single, Can I Call You Tonight, the indie pop songwriter is returning once more with his brilliant third studio record, which is out later this week and entitled People in Motion. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Dayglow. Hello. Hello. (laughs) How are we? How's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. That's good to hear. Uh, where where are you currently joining us from at the moment? So I am currently in an Airbnb in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm doing like tour rehearsals. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready for uh, the show on the road. It honestly seems like from what I could see, you are living quite a lot of your life on the road this year. <laughs> I sure am. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... Um, a confusing whirlwind, um, but it's fun. You know, it's I'm I'm taking it for what it is. Of course, of course. I know that you were recently in in our very fair country in Australia, mm-hmm. only a few months ago. I wanted to see, I guess, firstly whether you'd recovered, and um, what you thought of the. There was footage that that came out. What you thought of the fine delicacy that is the uh, shui? Oh man. Um, I, for, I loved Australia. Um, I had so much fun. People are so great. Um, it was just like beautiful there. Um, I didn't know it was going to be winter, uh, so I did not. <laughs> I did not bring enough uh, winter clothes. Um, that was kind of a surprising thing. Um, but in regards to the shoey, um, yeah, I did a lot of those, um, and it's not like you know the best thing in the world, but. I'm glad I did it, I guess. <laughs> I I personally don't understand our country's obsession with it, but I'm I'm glad that mm-hmm. um you were you were able to get on board and find yeah. some silver lining in it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> just the best things don't make sense. So uh that that's what's cool about it, you know. <laughs> 
100%. Go with the flow and just enjoy it for, I guess, what it is, which is liquid from a shoe. Um, yeah. On... On that note, <laughs> let's change the subject. Um, congratulations. We've got a brand new Day Glow record coming out later this week in the form of uh, People in Motion. Congratulations, uh, firstly, because this is a Thank brilliant you. record. Thank you so much. No, of course. I had a, a few listens to it. Thank you very much. We were very kind enough to have a bit of a, a preview to that, to the record. Um, having a listen, there was a lot of influences that I feel hearken to. I know that Dayglo usually gets um, a lot of questions and a lot of references to the 80s, to the 70s. I feel like we had some maybe, as well this time around, bands from the, the noughties or the 2000s. There mm. was, what was it? In the second track radio, I feel like there was some nods to Phoenix um, mm. in, uh, what was it, someone... So, no, Someone Great is the LCD Sound System song. Someone Else mm. is the Dayglo song that I thought sounded like some LCD Sound System song. Uh, mm. I guess for this record, what was influencing you throughout the, the time of creating and, and composing? Yeah, um, definitely a lot of LCD Sound System. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, Sound of Silver on your wall behind you. Um, I don't know if that was planned. Yeah, that was um, for you. I, I, love, uh, <laughs> I love LCD Sound System. And really hadn't like in the past two records necessarily showed my like love for dance music as much as I just like let go and did for people in motion. Um, but yeah, I love LC Sound System Phoenix is spot on. Um, yeah, like uh, man, I mean, I feel like a lot inspired this record. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't really go into this record with any rules. Like I wasn't trying to, uh, do a thing, uh, where like Harmony House, there was like the strong narrative and, uh, Fuzzy Brain. Um, I didn't even know I was making an album, you know, I was just like, you know, put my music on the internet and then next thing, you know, it took off. So like with this album, I kind of try to keep that same spirit as Fuzzy Brain where it's like, I'm just gonna have no rules and make an album. Um, and it kind of ended up being more electronic and dancey because, that's what I nerd out about. Um, yeah. But I would say strongest influences, uh, LCD sound system for sure. And just that era of like electronic ish music. Would you say that, I guess being out, as we mentioned, you've been on the road for, for quite a while now, would you say that kind of being able to interact with fans now, see what the live show of date glow is like has influenced the record as well in terms of what your <laughs> able or wanting to do in a live setting compared to the studio completely yeah Th this really is the first record that i've gotten to put out post experiencing that um you know because harmony house came out like you know towards the end of the pandemic essentially um and yeah it's like this album is very much created in response to what i saw people looking for in a day glow show um and just kind of filling in the gaps of what felt like was missing in the show. Um, and has allowed me also to look back at old songs and kind of like make new live versions and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I love like, I am a musician and uh, I love music. And um, I mean, the whole point to me is like making the best show as possible. Um, and so this album really helped channel that feeling of like, communal live music 
Do you think that this record, compared to the last two, as you mentioned, this is kind of that the first one where it's, I guess, but you've been able to look at all these different outside influences, whether they be uh, audio influences or just, as we said, like external kind of factors changing or thinking how you approach it. Was there more pressure on this one? I know that this is the third record from Dayglow, so it's not the dreaded second record. Was it, mm-hmm. I guess, was were you feeling any pressure this time around when it came to how this record would kind of be perceived in, in terms of the public? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the second record is a scary one to make, but the third almost felt scarier to me in a way because, like, I feel like this is the album where you can kind of, like, be forgotten, you know? Um, it just kind of feels like that. Mm -hmm. And so I guess there was the fear of that a little bit, but also I'm like, what, you know, whatever, like, I'm just going to keep making music. And I know that (laughs) I have fans that are, you know, into what I'm doing. And I feel so like I'm learning so much and enjoying making music more than I ever have. Um, and I'm just having fun doing it. So that fear kind of went away quickly. Um, but something that, I knew would happen, but I'm kind of approaching it in a like a positive way um, is I wanted this album to be like a lot more pop focused um, and like it sound cleaner. Uh, but that isn't because I'm like working with producers or something um, or like anybody. I still made it completely by myself. Um, but I knew when I tried to do that, then people would be like, like Dayglow is like working with producers now and like has sold out, which is like, I'm not working with anybody, but I am getting some comments like that, which is kind of funny because I'm not working with any producers. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just like trying to get better at what I do. And, um, I think it's fun to just grow and keep changing my sound and yeah, just make music for fun. Well, just in response to, I guess, the first part of your answer, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Dayglow is going to be forgotten on this record. I feel like this is the <laughs> the strongest uh, record yet into the uh, well, the discography you. of the band. Thank you so much. No, thank of course. You. I really appreciate that. Of course, I was I was hoping I was wanting to be a little bit selfish um, and talk about my favorite track on the record, if at all possible. Um, Please later on. Later in the track list, uh, Turn Around stood out to me as still quintessentially Dayglow, but it seems to be unique where it doesn't quite sound like all the other songs. And I was just wondering, yeah, if you were able to, I guess, give us a little peek behind the curtains, behind the scenes, whatever you want to call it, and, and I guess explain where that song came from and then how you, how you created it. Sure. Yeah, that's fun. That's your favourite song. Um, I really think it personally might be one of my favorite songs too um because it does stand out in the record um i don't know like i've had that chord progression written for quite a while and that chorus concept like that melody i've had in the back of my head for a while um and then i just kind of revisited it when i was recording the record and um i don't know it just happened really naturally like wow nice yeah 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm definitely a workaholic, and I wanted to write a song that kind of addressed that feeling in a way that doesn't necessarily feel like it's resolving, but you're coming to grips with it being real, if that makes sense. And so turnaround Mm -hmm. is that feeling, you know, where like turnaround could be interpreted like you're, you know, turning around like a, a, yourself or you're turning around like a, a deadline and like, um, just it's kind of like you keep turning around it's like you're getting better and then you uh you know have a couple steps back and then you keep getting better and so it's kind of just a song about the relationship with myself and my obsession with like being perfect and trying to make things that are perfect um yeah i don't know it's it's like it's a really special song to me and i'm still even trying to figure out like you know how deeply emotional it is um but yeah, it's 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 a very special song to me. Thank you very much, firstly, for kind of indulging me and uh, and allowing <laughs> me to ask about that track. Yeah, um, the the song I would say is maybe has the most prominent acoustic guitar more than maybe any other track on on the record. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, having a look into into your history or your your uh, background that. For yourself, James Taylor, um, Paul Simon are big influences, some incredible kind of um, songwriters and singer-songwriters. Do you think that at any point, and we might be getting too ahead of ourselves here, we're talking about this record, but um, that at some point Dayglow might look at a more singer-songwriter-influenced kind of record or project? That's a good question. I think to me, that's like one of the most terrifying things to approach. (laughs) Um, so if I indulge myself and like face my fears, then, uh, that would probably come out like naturally. Cause I, I write songs that way sometimes. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess my answer to you would be maybe like, I, I definitely want to continue to be very emotional and direct. And I think one of the greatest challenges is to make pop music that really like has so many sounds going on, but it still feels emotional. Um, which is a reason why I love LCD sound system is because it's like unbelievably repetitive dance music that feels like organic and emotional. And I want to emulate that to the best of my abilities. Um, not necessarily with like disco or something, but with um, 
like indie pop music because I think nowadays there's a lot of great music, but there's just so much music and that kind of makes people like make music just cause. And I, I don't view music that way. I think it's one of like the most important tools that we have to communicate emotion. Um, and so I want to take that really seriously while at the same time making like fun music. Um, so all that to say singer songwriter music, like really emulates that well. Um, but I get scared having like very few layers, uh, musically going on. Look, I very much appreciate that honest answer. We will, um, <laughs> we won't hold our breath, but it, it's a possibility. The maybe will linger <laughs> until we maybe see something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do very much appreciate and love the fact that you are very much a music lover, musician, that you do seem to be extremely dedicated and in love with the craft of making music. And as you said, using it as a communication tool, I think that is a a brilliant quality to have firstly. Um, but Thank you. I know, um, where was it? I think I, I was watching a an interview with yourself, I think at Outside Lands in San Francisco earlier this year. And there was the conversation relating to uh, musicians and TikTok. And I know that we've had a, a number of guests on this show kind of talk about how their, their role is now musician and content creator kind of side by side. Mm. And you made an extremely perceptive point, I thought, that was you've got these people on social media who they might have two to three million fans, but they struggle to sell out a venue. Whereas you've got these smaller bands who don't create content, but will consistently tour and tour and tour and can sell, sell seats until the cows come home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm for you, I guess, while still trying to maintain, uh, and, and engage with fans, but not kind of give into that. How do you find a, I guess, a balance between being on social media and engaging with fans and not having to, you know, jump in on some trend, do a dance, yeah. to promote a new album or whatever it may be? That's a good question. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, if I could manage to delete Instagram and also sell tickets well at a tour, um, I would get on the app right now and, and delete it. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, like, it's weird because I'm part of like Gen Z and like we really communicate in this way. And like there's a certain way that you have to connect with people. You just have to, especially with the type of music that I'm making. I think that's a really specific thing um, that it like just exists in this uh, way. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 a hard balance. Like. I am just more concerned about like making because I th- this is something I experienced like with Can I Call You Tonight from the very beginning. Like I knew if I found a way for people to hear the music and get to the music via social media, then the music would speak for itself. And so I think that's my goal with using social media is like it's a marketing tool. I mean that's kind of, I mean that's all it really is. Is everybody is like you know trying to sell a product or something. And so I think I just try to view it in a way where like I use social media as a means to an end where it's like, it's not, I don't love it. Um, but if I can use it to get people to get to the music, 
then I hope that the music will then do the work. Um, if that makes sense. Uh, but that's the way that I look at it. And, uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thing. It's brand new too. Like artists have, are really figuring out and the music industry, you know, for sure is trying to figure out what the heck to do. Um, cause there's just so many like moving parts, but yeah. It does seem like it is still an ever evolving kind of situation. And I know that mm-hmm. it is, you've got a number of musicians who very much love, not even, um, I want to say the craft. They very much love the craft of being a musician and they don't want to, you know, have to spend months, years on this beautiful kind of piece of art that they put out and then minimalize it into a, yeah, a 30 second video of doing something <laughs> um, silly just to get its attention. So I can very much yeah. recognize the, the difficulty that there is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, I personally, the way that I think, you know, it's like my opinion's only an opinion and I don't have a, you know, complete oversight to the whole planet or something, but, um, TikTok, it's crazy how young TikTok is. Like, like TikTok hasn't been around that long, you know? And it's like, it's given this power because it is powerful right now, but I don't know if it's going to be forever. So, like, if my song happens to be on TikTok, like, frick yeah, like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but I don't give it too much attention, you know? Like, I, I believe that as long as I focus on the music, then that eventually will speak for itself more than putting energy into like, uh, you know, getting lots of comments on something, you know. Very fair. I can very much respect that. (laughs) Uh, As we mentioned right at the top of the interview, you have been spending a lot of time on the road this year. Um, You were in our fair country in July for Splendor. Um, And I know that on, and the the last time we mentioned social media, but on, on Instagram, I think as you were leaving, you said, uh, posted, had a great time, whatever it may be. See you real soon, Australia. It seems silly to ask, but can we expect to see Dayglow back here at some point soon? Um, I would say yes. Uh, I would say yes, I'll be back in Australia soon. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to give like details or anything, but um, I'm pretty sure. You know, it's kind of in the hands of other people, but I think I'll be back soon. I won't push. I won't push <laughs> for any further details. We don't want to get anyone in trouble, but obviously, that is very exciting news for for a lot of um, Australia's uh, Dayglow fans. When you were here, you sold out. I think all three of all three sideshows, and then you had quite a large crowd at Splendor. Is it surprising when you go to um, Australia? I think you did a massive set at Reeds and letting in. Uh, Leeds and Reading in the UK recently. Are you surprised when you go overseas to other countries and there are just these huge crowds there to see you? It's crazy. Yeah, it's really hard to like process. Um, you just kind of have to like, when you're there, you just like, I don't know, it's almost like you have to shut your brain off because it's so hard to wrap your mind around. Like, it's weird um, that that happens. It's It's more than like, an honor. It's like kind of scary. It's like, what is happening? You know, that like even being like in another state or something, like, it's just weird that like the internet does that. And like, you can make me, it's weird. Um, so all that to say, it's like, it's so inc- incredibly fun. And I just try to like have fun with it and just focus on the fact that like, 
I don't know. I'm just so far away from home in those moments and, uh, you know, just have a fun time, you know? 100%. Very quickly on the, on the flip side of that, when you are home, obviously I imagine that there's a bit of a home studio where you can create, but is there anything that you like to do that kind of is like the anti-tour that kind of allows you to switch off your brain in a different way and just enjoy yourself? Man, I wish. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find a hobby. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with making music. Like I can't stop, dude. I'm, I'm like, I, I've tried so hard, like, okay, I'm going to watch a TV show or something. And like, I just immediately end up making more music, which sounds like a weird issue to have. Um, and I still love it, you know, but I don't know. I don't necessarily have any like things that I do. I like to spend time outside, you know, just chill. Um, but as far as like hobbies, it's all musical related. Um, so maybe I'll find something soon. Who knows? Look, that's very, very fair. Um, Sloan, uh, lastly, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. If there's anything that's mm. uh, currently on high rotation for yourself. Mm. Um, let me think. Uh, this might kind of be like a curveball one, but um, there's a band called The Beths. I think they're from uh, New Zealand, possibly. Yeah, um, so we had them up behind us uh, literally this morning and I moved it. But No kidding. Yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, uh, they have a new record, Expert in a Dying Field, and it's like a really great album. I love it. It's like melodically really good and lyrically really good. Um, so I've been listening to that a lot. It's, uh, it's awesome. Good music brilliant choice i would agree that is a, a fantastic record um quickly do you usually how i guess how do you find new music are you someone who follows the the ai or the algorithm or the <laughs> suggestions of bands or are you someone who likes to do a little bit more uh, deep diving yourself I, I would say i like to do more digging myself um i don't find new music often um the Beth specifically, like I was playing a festival called Outside Lands and um, they were on the same stage earlier. And um, as I was like loading in, they were playing. And so that's how I found their music. So I kind of just try to like have an open ear when I'm walking around and like uh, just discover stuff that way because um, there's so much music around us. Um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like listening to the same stuff right now. Um, I don't know. If you have any suggestions, let me know. I'm sure you have a lot. It seems like you got a good collection behind you. I'm just trying to think. I don't know <laughs> if you've listened to the, the recent uh, Danger Mouse and Black Thought record, uh, Cheat Codes. No. Uh, if you love production. I'll write it down. If you love production, Danger Mouse obviously always has done fantastic work. But yeah, this one with um, Black Thought is, is incredible. So from a producer's perspective, hopefully that is uh, somewhat enjoyable for you. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm saving it right now. There we go. <laughs> Uh, Tegley, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Congratulations on the new record, People in Motion. It's out later this week. But yes, thank you for coming onto the pod. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Dave Lowe for his time. 
People in Motion is out this Friday, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to pre-order the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Thomas and Liv at Positive Feedback for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.